Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Livewire's Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Ali Selby and it seems that hopes of a central bank pivot have been quashed with both the Federal Reserve and RBA recently becoming bearish once again. So how do you play defence and even offence in this kind of market? Well, to find out, we're joined by Mary Manning from Alfinity and Chloe Stokes from Forager. I've got a few quick stats for you. Late last year, we surveyed Livewire readers. 90% of you told us that interest rates would peak sometime this year, while 70% said inflation would peak in the first six months of the year. Chloe, is there any possibility of that still happening? Maybe the latter, yes, but how about the former? I don't have a strong view of when interest rates will peak. Nothing too different from the market. I think the market is pricing in another couple of rate rises, which seems perfectly reasonable to me. I think what it's really going to depend on at the end of the day is how consumers respond to those rate rises. Okay, over to you, Mary. Do you feel like interest rates could peak this year? Yeah, I think uh, the forward curve is saying that interest rates should peak around July of this year. I think the, um, and I, I, that is a reasonable expectation. I think the interesting thing is what's going to happen after the peak. Are they going to go up and stay up? Or are they going to go up and start to come down? And the one thing that I'm watching very closely to determine the, the trajectory after the peak is the labor market. And the labor market in the U.S. continues to be very strong, which suggests higher for longer. Okay, that leads perfectly into my next question. Do you think we'll see a pivot from central banks as economic growth slows or will interest rates stay higher for longer because of inflation? I think it's very important to differentiate between different central banks in the world. So right now, I can't remember a time when there's been so much differentiation between what's going on in different countries. So the forward curves are telling you that the US is going to peak and start reducing rates later in the year. Europe is going to peak and then stay very high. Certain emerging markets like Brazil have already pivoted and then of course you have China which is doing its completely different thing because of COVID reopening. And so I think to have a blanket statement about whether central banks are going to pivot is a bit dangerous and you need to do very specific macroeconomic analysis to see um, what's going to happen in different countries. So as a global fund manager that's an area for opportunity because I don't think every country is going to you know peak and pivot at the same time. So that brings up opportunities. What do you think Chloe? Anything to add there? I try not to waste too much time on macroeconomic forecasts. It's definitely not my strong suit. We have a really strong preference for positive real interest rates, though. We definitely don't want to go back to the craziness of 18 months ago when interest rates were at zero and equity market prices were insane. It's really hard to find compelling opportunities in that kind of environment. Do you feel like there could be a soft or hard landing in the US? What are you pricing in? Three or four months ago, we thought there was a really high reward for purchasing cyclical businesses. And so we weren't necessarily predicting a soft landing, but we were buying stocks that would benefit from one because they were priced for a hard landing. However, you know, those stocks have largely rallied now and that's changed a bit. So I would say we have a much more balanced portfolio now than what we did three or four months ago. Okay, over to you, Mary. Now, are you positioned for a soft or hard landing in the US? 
I think Alfinity is always running a diversified portfolio. So similar to what Chloe said, we're not betting the farm on one macro outcome. That can be um, you know, quite dangerous from a portfolio construction perspective. But I would say that soft landing is, is more likely. And in fact, one of my colleagues is in the US right now, and there is a, a thesis out there that there's going to be no landing, and that um, you know, we've moved from hard to soft to potentially no landing um, very quickly. So as I mentioned before, the one thing I'm watching there is the labor market. And I just got back from a trip to the US last week. The labor market remains very, very strong. Uh, household balance sheets remain very strong. Corporate balance sheets remain very strong. And so if you add those, all those things up, it's hard to see what's going to cause a hard landing other than a major policy mistake because corporates and households still um, you know, are in a very good position. You said your balance there, but which sectors would you be backing in this kind of environment? Which do you think could outperform? Um, so we do have a lot of consumer stocks because consumers, um, you know, they, they continue to perform very well. And a lot of the multinational stocks, building on the point I made before about the world is quite differentiated right now. So you can buy a U.S. consumer stock like Starbucks um, that is still benefiting from certain tailwinds in the U.S., but it's also a China reopening story at the same time. Um, LVMH would probably be in that category also. One area where we're not positioned um, is in the big tech companies. So two years ago, we owned most of the, the mega, mega cap tech companies, and now we hardly hold any of them. So that's been a big change in the portfolio. Over to you, Chloe. Which kind of sectors are you positioned in right now, knowing that you're <laughs> in a balanced portfolio? Which sectors do you think could outperform? Uh, we don't have a strong view on sectors at the moment. There's nothing super obvious to us in terms of sectors or macro bets. We do have a quite a large exposure to small cap stocks as we often do. We think there are some really good opportunities out there and some really compelling valuations. Okay, I'm hoping I can get a response from you for this question. I'm hoping for a stock for offense and defense in this environment. What have you brought for us today? So at the pointier end, we like a stock called Open Lending. It's US-based, it's a technology platform that provides credit risk analysis to banks and credit unions. Now this is pretty heavily leveraged to a soft landing. It needs the auto market to recover and the credit environment to remain benign. But if those two things happen, it's a very good cheap stock. And then for defensive, we like UK listed Tesco. It's a grocery retailer. It's trading at around 10% pre-cash flow yield and it's distributing pretty much all of those cash flows to shareholders through a combination of dividends and share buybacks. It's the market leader in the UK, so the largest grocer in terms of dealing with cost inflation. They're probably best placed and they've just been doing a really good job of maintaining market share against the discount retailers, Aldi and Little, which they weren't doing so much of in the past. So we think in any kind of macro environment, this stock should do pretty well. Okay, over to you, Mary. What are your stocks for offense and defense? So my offense is Airbnb. So it's highly levered to a consumer and um, you know the consumer continuing to be strong in travel. Airbnb just recently went into our portfolio and what we were waiting for is obviously you had COVID where nobody traveled and then you had the revenge travel season and we wanted to make sure we knew what normalized travel looked like. Airbnb just came up with very strong results and very strong commentary on the fact that that revenge travel is actually more like the new normal and they're seeing very strong bookings into the European summer and so that gave us the confidence um, that Airbnb is a good company to own um, as markets recover and um, you know as the economy stays strong. Uh, stock for the defensive side would be Waste Connections. So Waste Connections is the largest uh, waste company, one of the largest waste companies in North America. 
And all of the questions that you asked before, whether inflation peaks or um, central banks pivot or whether it's a hard landing or a soft landing, under every single one of those scenarios, people are going to need their trash picked up. And so that's sort of the very basic case for waste connections. And behind that, it's a very strong company with good operating metrics, very impressive management and an attractive valuation. Okay, well, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed that thematic episode as much as I did. If you did, why not give this episode a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content every week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.